everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox Meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We are recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and your questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Please don't hesitate to reach out if there's anything we can help you with. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week, we're hearing from Leslie, who spoke about quitting a job and taking a break from dating while in recovery. It's really a great share. Please enjoy. Hi, I'm Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Um, thanks for asking me to speak. Um, I'm really happy to do it. I there was a, I picked up this book and realized it's very different from mine, uh, and uh, so I just kind of opened something up that I thought would be interesting. Um, not all successful, stable ACAs are in denial about hitting a bottom, nor are they acting out their survival traits. Attendance at ACA meetings and contact with a sponsor helps the adult child recognize when she is using a survival trait to shield pain or picking up a tool of recovery to work through the pain. Learning to survive or develop resilience are admirable traits. However, in ACA, we learn to go beyond mere survival. We strive for true healing and connection with a higher power. Through the realization that we have worth and that we are lovable just the way that we are. However, the process of recovery takes time and patience. This is not easy. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, there was something else I wanted to read, which was about, like, how withdrawal from a codependent relationship can be just as painful as drugs. But I didn't find that. I found this. Um, and... Uh, I read most of this book, and one of the first things I did, because I came into this room, like, literally, I remember I, like, stormed in late in the middle and, like, shared, because, like, my boyfriend had literally broken up with me that morning, and I was like, I have a new place to live, my life is over, like, it literally was the, like, the house had burnt down, and um, I had read the laundry list, and that was what was wrong with me, and that was what I had been trying to, like, figure out what was wrong with me for, like, a year, and so, to, like, I'd found the laundry list, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to ACA, I'm gonna fix this relationship, everything's gonna be better, and then he broke up with me anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like, two days after, I was like, I'm gonna go to ACA, I'm gonna fix it, like, it didn't work, and... <laughs> Like, I was like, it was like, it felt like a cruel joke from my higher power, which now I don't feel like was a joke at all. Um, and uh, I've been sober like four and a half years. And before I went to my first AA meeting, a girl I knew had just started coming to ACA. And I remember her saying like, oh, it's for adult children of alcoholics. And I was like, I need to go there, but I think I need to do this first. And I remember that moment of just kind of like bookmarking it. And then I did my steps and I had a really big fourth and fifth step, which had all of the shit in it, like all the abuse, all the neglect, all of the like 
alcoholism and dysfunction. Um, my mom is diagnosed bipolar and is not admitted to being an alcoholic. Everyone else is the alcoholic. Um, but I can't, I don't have a memory of her without a drink in her hand. And uh, my dad was the drunk and he died. Uh, but he was like the sweet one. Like he was the sweet loving one. And my sister was very abusive. She, she was kind of a primary caretaker. Um, her and I were left alone a lot and there was a lot of fantasizing and we would rearrange the whole house. And like, I don't remember my mom being around a lot. Um, she was either in bed with a man elsewhere, off on some manic spree. She like, she one day decided she was going to start a model and talent agency running out of her house. She one day decided she was going to be a jazz singer and pursued that for 10 years. So like she did, like she became a radio broadcaster for, and like did the radio traffic. So like she was beautiful. She is beautiful. She's successful. Like she was very attractive and so nobody ever thought there was anything wrong um they're like look at this you know single mom tackling the world like meanwhile they didn't like see that I was eating chicken and stars out of a can cold um and that like I was so scared like we would swim in the pool all the time completely unsupervised and I remember like getting out of the pool and not knowing like how to get a towel or where to get a towel so I would just stand there and shiver and freeze um like there's just so many of those stories and my sister was raised in the same household and I feel like we kind of split because and and I think I've read this about narcissists where they split the children like one's the bad one and one's the good one so she was designated as the bad one so she's the one who got hit and I remember one time my mom kicked her so hard she tore all the ligaments in the front of her foot and had to be on crutches and in an air cast for like months and I think she blamed it on like a medication switch and uh, I was like oh it's because I was on whatever she was on but like not also admitting that she was also on a handle of vodka with that um and my dad lived in another state and had like another woman and you know I was always I was always different like all the other kids had like a mommy and a daddy and my mom was wife number four out of five and, like, my older sisters were half-sisters. And, like, so whenever we did those activities in school, it was very quickly apparent to me that my family was different than everybody else's. I had a pink house with all the pink furniture. There was no, like, you know, it was a dollhouse. But we were also expected to be my mother's dolls. And she, like, matched us till I couldn't, like... So there was not a lot of forming my own identity. There was a lot of things projected on me. There was a lot of uh, gaslighting. And my sister used to beat me up and then also kind of, like, psychologically torture me. Uh, she told me that, like, anytime I was in the pool, she would tell me there were sharks and alligators that were going to eat me, like, as soon as I got in the middle. And uh, would push me in if I ever I was look wasn't looking, but also, like, coax me into jumping off of roofs into pools. So there's a lot of that. Um, 
I mean, I could really go on and on and on, but my dad was the drunk, and my mom was the one that had, like, the chip on her shoulder, and her family was bad, and we didn't live with them, and, like, it was a lot of isolating, and um, so I developed a lot of interesting traits of, like, fantasizing and watching movies and, like, seeing these men. Like, I have a fascination with Leonardo DiCaprio because... I was in a prime age when Romeo and Juliet came out and, like, Titanic came out. In both of those stories, he's saving a young girl from her life. And I, like, have weird fantasies of Leonardo DiCaprio coming and saving me from my life. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, those are the things that kept me alive, and now those are the things that, like, keep me fucking crazy. And, um... And so, like, there's always kind of been, you know, and I've heard this in other rooms, like, coming to these meetings has been what's brought me out of denial and has gotten me to a place where it's like, I'm not a child, you're not my parent, I can take care of myself, like, having to actually learn how to take care of myself. But when I first came in here, I was on the back of that breakup, and I thought my world had ended because the, the plan was I was going to... I found the man, I've succeeded in life, I've been saved, I'm going to sh- get rid of my last name and take his last name because that means that then I'm not that person anymore. And like that and everything was going to be great. And that's not true. And thank God I didn't do that. And thank God he broke up with me because I would have had a rude awakening after marriage when I wasn't saved and I had all my own problems on the other, on the other side. But I was so, like, blindsided, and I had been re-traumatized to the point where, like, my handwriting shifted. And I looked at my handwriting, and I was like, whoa. And uh, I had this book, and the only thing I could do was, like, read it for hours and hours. And it was the only thing that calmed me down. And I would write in the margins every time these childhood memories came up that I identified with. Because I knew I was probably going to have to write it down later. And I appreciate that I had done a thorough fourth and fifth step in AA, but it kind of really diminished all of the truth behind that and made me look at my part, and they're like, your part is that you didn't let go. So I tried to let go, and then I kind of ended up right back in the same place where I was like delusionally thinking that my parents, where my mother was different and my sister was different, and I kind of slipped back into this, like, role with them in sobriety and in adulthood where, like, my mom's amazing. She just doesn't like me. They're better than I am. They have more things together than I do. I'm this lost child again, and I can't make any decision without running it by my sister. And no matter what, she tells me it's the wrong one. And so now I'm kind of, like, not speaking to them again because the fog has lifted again. And, uh, and it's really refreshing, but there, you know, I, I really kind of went back to that, like viewing them as these authority figures that had life figured out. And now I'm kind of like, you guys are just weird and nasty and abusive and like not nurturing. And I'm not anything like you. And I never was. And kind of reminding myself, like all through childhood, I had this thought where like, cause it was very much a, just the three of us. And I always felt ganged up on. And my mom certainly plays 
me and her off of each other and then like it just it just triangulates but the I never really liked them and I felt so guilty for not liking them like they always had judgments and my mom always has the running commentary and she always kind of like comments on someone's outfit or their size or their weight and like so I knew how she thought about every person that ever came past us and that's exhausting mm-hmm. but also had this thing where I was constantly trying to figure out where I fit in that mix and I could never please her and there was that like I could be successful but don't out succeed her I'm this trophy that when I would go places they would brag about me but if the person gave me attention they would steal it away my sister recently did this on a camping trip too it was like this is my amazing sister who lives in New York and isn't she great and then the guys are like yeah she's great and then she basically starts making fun of me and rips me apart (laughs) and they spoke French and I spoke French because I went to France and I, I I got as far as fuck away from them as I could. They lived in Florida. We grew up in Florida. And the second I could, I went to college in Hawaii. Like, you couldn't have gone as far away as I did. And that was, like, probably a subconscious move. That was not intentional. I felt like I wanted out. And then I went to France, and I did all these other things. And so I'm speaking French with these guys, and she's like, my sister goes, she's not really saying anything, right? Like, you don't really understand her, do you? She's just going, duh, 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 duh. and it's like, what adult does that? <laughs> but luckily, I'd had like some distance to where I was like, they, and luckily they validated me, which happens now in adulthood. But when I was a kid, like nobody really stood up for me, nobody really validated my experience. So I've kind of wandered through the world thinking everyone else is right and I'm wrong. And that became like a compulsion of mine. You're louder, you're right and I'm wrong. You're older, you're right and I'm wrong. You're the boss, you're right and I'm wrong. You're anything that I'm not, you're right and I'm wrong. And like, you know, that's where I kind of saw this flourishing of like, oh, I'm an alcoholic, I'm an under earner, I'm a codependent, I'm a, I basically wandered through the world like having no idea that I've like gone to these other countries and been just fine like by myself and that's my delusion is that like I think I'm this person that's like a child which is the adult children thing which I totally resented when I first heard it but now I'm like I get it um and it's and so it's just there's a lot going on all the time but I keep coming and I keep doing this work And I keep looking at the laundry list and I keep the Bill of Rights next to my bed. And it's really helped of just like replacing those people's voices with that. And recently, like, I like I know I'm loud, I know I'm energetic, I know I'm too much for some people, but like that's where I'm at. Maybe I'll calm down later. (laughs) 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 And um there's just been so much of me, like, shape-shifting and bending over backwards to please other people. And it's just, like, never going to happen. Um, and I have a boss that, like, like recently I've noticed instead of picking these authority figures that are, like, father figures who I can manipulate and, like, sleep with later, or however the fantasy is of this man saving me, like, now I, I've somehow ended up in situations where, like, my bosses are women my own age. 
that I respect and like work for. And I recently had a boss who's about my age, but a guy, and I just like don't trust his authority at all or the way he does things. And like, I quit yesterday that thing of like, I just don't think it's gonna work out. I kind of want to use my time elsewhere. Like all of these, because uh, one of the Bill of Rights is like, our reasons don't have to make sense for anyone else. And I was like, yes. And I kind of like armored myself with that. We're like, I don't have to like present a case of why I, it's valid for me to not want to be here. But like, hey, it's time for you to find someone else because it's not me. Like, I want to do other things. That was never like a valid reason because I want to do something else or like, um, and so the, the fact, but I still felt guilty and I was like, that's okay. Like, that's part of it. I've only been doing this for so long. Like, I, I expected the guilt. Like, acknowledged it was like cool I and you know this guy drinks a lot and smokes a lot of weed and like I saw I'm like someday you'll come to me like and I'll probably take you to a some kind of a meeting um I don't know which one yet but <laughs> um but I was able to instead of like be resentful about that like oh this alcoholic or person who I conceive as an alcoholic or um there's not anger. It's just kind of like, well, like, this person doesn't have the tools that I have. So, of course, they're going to be taking this personally. And, of, por of course, they're not going to react well. Um, and it was weird because I'm normally so fearful and so, like, trying to keep everything together that I can't see when someone else has kind of got a delusion projected on me. And, like, it was very clear that this guy had some kind of delusion that, like, even though he criticized everything I did, I was going to run off and be his work wife. Like, I saw the disappointment of, like, he looked like I was breaking up with him when I wasn't. I was just going to... And he was like, you know, it just wasn't working out. And uh, and that's, that's, like, such a... That's so crazy. Like, if I hadn't been doing this, I would have stayed. I would have people-pleased. I would have been like, I want to leave, but I can do all these other things instead. And, like, I would have reacted very differently to be able to try to, like yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, backpedal my way out of something that, like, I just didn't want to be in anymore. And, like, so kind of getting rid of the all or nothing and, like, working a little bit more in the gray of, like, I'm not burning the bridge, I'm just not going to be your employee. Like, um, and, and kind of, like, navigating things day by day and, and, and recognizing I can't change him at all, but I can remove myself from a situation. And kind of considering myself like, oh, and I'm not dating right now, which is very bizarre. I have always dated. If I haven't dated, I fantasized. Like, if I didn't fantasize, I was swiping. Like, there, you know, there was, there's always been some handle on that, like, thing. And for whatever reason, I've been able to recognize that my mimicking adaptation self-abandonment to not be abandoned is so intense that like I'm still really capable of doing that and in order for me to be in a healthy successful relationship like I'm still really porous and osmosis is highly likely so like I need to keep growing this like thicker skin and stronger sense of self and and trust that, like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like, it's okay. I'm okay. And 
but I still have kind of training wheels. So I don't get too mad at myself when like a fantasy pops in or if I'm like deep in some sort of, I don't know, or just like even attractive men coming around and I just like get, I literally go down the aisle, like, (laughs) (laughs) and just go like, yep, still there. (laughs) But I don't do anything and I don't touch it. It's like, it's like, if you ever watch Caesar Milan, they're like, leave it. tried really hard to not I don't know something's working like something's working because that's a miracle that I'm not like the bottom hasn't fallen out and I actually don't want to pursue any of those things I'm like I like when is I when am I gonna pick me like when is it gonna be when do I pick me um because it's always been pick me please pick me save me like get me out of here and like no one's gonna do it I've dated, I've moved, I've done all the things you could pot. And that's kind of where I was like hitting the bottom. Like I've done all the things you could do to get me out and none of it worked. Like I have to, I have to stay in me and kind of learn to love me. And I'm like, I hate that shit. Like everyone was like, why don't you just be by yourself for a while? Why don't you date yourself? Why? And I, so I would like, I took that as me dating someone who was a lot like me. <laughs> like, like, we have everything in common. I'm dating myself. <laughs> and uh, that didn't work either. Um, so yeah, like I just... Keeping the bill of the rights, keeping the bill of rights really close with the laundry list really close, like kind of lets me know where I'm at every day and just kind of reaffirms that like I can keep doing this. Like things are different, things are way different, and um, and it's just like another practice. And the training wheels are still on, and that's totally cool. Like I'm working on it, and um, and I love this group, so I'm really happy I got to share it with you guys today. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you.